This is Brian Seach. This is Terry Seach, and you're listening to Tony Lavorna's Legends and Lore podcast. Excellent. And this is your daily dose of weird news. An Idaho motorist is blaming a car crash on Bigfoot. She claims to have hit a deer in an accident that was caused by a Bigfoot sighting. She says she saw a Sasquatch chasing a deer on a stretch of US-95. She adds that the creature was shaggy and between 7 and 8 feet tall. This podcast is made possible by The Social Voice Project. I'm Kevin Farkas, founder and executive producer. Stick around to the end of the podcast to learn more about The Social Voice Project, an innovative public interest media company specializing in podcasting, oral histories, and live event recording. You are listening to Tony Lavorna's Legends and Lore podcast. Tony Lavorna's Legends and Lore podcast explores the history and tales of ghost stories, mysterious crimes, murders, UFOs, witchcraft, and other occult happenings still thriving in the greater Ohio Valley region of Pennsylvania, West Virginia, Ohio, and beyond. Today's episode, we're inviting in Brian and Terry Seach. Brian and Terry have founded the Center for Unexplained Events, or Q. They have been basically two investigators and the founders of the group. Uh, They have over, I would say, roughly 35 to 40 years experience of dealing with events, supernatural events, and unexplained uh, occurrences. Brian, Terry, welcome. How are you today? Good, thank you. Good, thanks. Well, welcome to the show. Well, let me ask you this. Let's start at the beginning. Uh, What made you uh, start this program, or how did you get into this field? I'm interested with that. Basically, when I was a little kid, I would watch... uh, you know, all the documentaries in the 70s, uh, one of the ones that got me interested in Bigfoot was uh, the Mysterious Monsters in 76. I would also, I would also watch uh, the one with Leonard Nimoy in search of was one of my favorites. The 70s were a, a pretty, pretty cool time about uh, all the uh, documentaries on uh, UFOs and Bigfoot. So that's what kind of got me interested. What was one of your favorite books that you probably first read on the subject? Oh, I think it was uh, uh, Beyond Earth by uh, uh, Ralph, Ralph Bloom. It was about uh, UFO encounters uh, throughout the United States. That was probably one of the very first ones that I read. Wow, okay. Um, now, I know uh, recently, and you'll, you'll perhaps elaborate on this for me, uh, you folks gave a presentation not too long ago uh, on Strange Creatures of Pennsylvania. Tell our listeners a little bit about this. One of the presentations that, w- that we give, uh, you know, Terry and I, or uh, my friend Fred Saluga and I, we give uh, uh, presentations on strange creatures of Pennsylvania. That uh, it's everything from Bigfoot to uh, Dogman to these winged entities that they call gargoyles. We kind of cover the whole gamut. Thunderbirds. Okay, now um, I'm going to stop you right there. I'm a little curious uh, for our listeners at home. The gargoyles, the winged creatures. To elaborate, tell us a little bit more about. Uh, are you talking about something like Mothman, or or what are we talking? Well, the, uh, basically, the, what they call the Chikora gargoyle was. Uh, seen starting in around uh, tw- uh, 2011, and that was in uh, uh, Chicora, Butler County. Uh, eyewitnesses started to see a, a large tan creature about about nine foot tall, standing alongside the roads, crossing roads. Uh, our friend Dan Hagman, uh, he actually 
talked about like 10 witnesses on this subject. Uh, winged entities of that effect, they've been seen uh, all, all, you know, through centuries. Uh, you know, in the United States, over in England, you had the Owl Man in England. You had the Moth Man in Point Pleasant. Uh, it, between 1966 and 1967. So these winged entities or creatures have, have been seen for years. Now, Terry, I'm going to turn something over to you real quick. How did you come aboard? What, what was your beginning here with, uh, with all of this? It was similar to Brian's. I was into the In Search of uh, series, and I watched that. And um, the movie that got me was The Legend of Boggy Creek. It's something that scared me, but it interested me. It, it, it really was about got, a, it lit your fire for yeah. this. Yeah. <laughs> Tell me about one of your more recent cases that, uh, that you've been out on or studying about. Well, probably one of the last ones uh, that I did with uh, my friend John McDonald was up in Crawford County. There was a, uh, this happened, would have been May of last year. Two eyewitnesses were driving home and they saw this strange creature sitting down in a field. As they slowed down to get a better look at it and it started, it rose up on, on two legs and it started to come towards the car. They said that it was it was big. It was maybe like six and a half, seven foot tall. And it, uh, it looked, they said it looked like a giant wolf. And it, it came closer to the car and it reached out and it almost t- touched the car. And uh, you know, the eyewitness got scared and they just drove away. Uh, what was interesting, the, uh, the, male, the male eyewitness, he never believed in any of this stuff. And he says, I can't tell you what it is, but it looked like a giant wolf walking on two legs towards the car. So, and it was, he didn't want to talk much about it. The, the, the girl wanted to talk more because she was closer to it. She was on the side that it was coming up. And um, it was just one of those cases where people were seeing an animal that science says doesn't exist, but people were seeing them. So what are they seeing? We don't know. Very interesting. Very interesting indeed. Now, when I last spoke to you, I believe you're going, you're going to be in a, a movie or make an appearance in a movie. Uh, is that true? It's, it, it's a local movie that uh, my friend Fred Salug and I are going to be in called Flatwoods. All right. It's going to be loose, loosely based on the, uh, the Flatwoods monster in the 50s. So it, it's going to be pretty fun, I think. It'll be a pretty nice little movie. What does your uh, family, what do friends often say when, when they know you guys <laughs> you collect that? that? I, I could see, I could see uh, Terry, folks. Terry's laughing and smiling. Go ahead, Terry. You start with that, that question. Um, family basically thinks we're crazy. <laughs> um, <laughs> They believe some of the stuff, like the UFOs and maybe the ghost stuff, but with the creature stuff, they think it's out there that we're nuts for doing it. Hmm, I, I'm curious. I'm, I'm going to come back to that. I'm going to elaborate <laughs> on that now. Recently, I've found some information, and I've been speaking with some people who have said that they have experienced or seen some unidentified flying objects and some identified lights over Beaver Falls within the last two or three years, uh, some of these sites being over uh, Aliquippa, uh, Pennsylvania. Uh, What are your feelings? What are your take on that? Where we live in Western Pennsylvania has a long history of UFO sightings. You could go back to even 1966, the great Portage UFO chase. It came from uh, Portage, Ohio, over to Beaver County into Conway. It ended in Conway. Actually, when the nuclear power plant went up, there there was some UFO sightings over Shippingsport, actually. So this area has a long history of UFO sightings. Uh, skeptics might say, well, you're so close to the airport, uh, you know, the Pittsburgh International Airport. Well, maybe people are seeing planes, but some of the, the objects that are being seen, they do maneuvers that, that planes couldn't do, that, you know, doing right angle turns, things like that. We actually had our own sighting. It was a 1997 on Halloween of uh, two triangular craft that were over the Ohio River, and they did several maneuvers, and then they went 
they went over us and uh, they were totally si silent. These were, these were like black triangle, w which had a bunch of lights on the bottom of it. Uh, we, we say it looked almost like a Christmas tree. And they were silent. They weren't up that far, but they were silent. A lot of people were, were watching it, including Terry's mom and dad. Also, a lot of the kids that were uh, out trick-or-treating, they were stopping and looking up. So it was and we really had a friend across the river in Swickley who her and her son were in their backyard, and she saw what we saw. Okay, she was we seeing the same thing. We spoke to her a week later, yeah, and we compared notes that, yeah, they saw the same thing we did. Uh, I think it was in July of 2014, there was a witness who was evidently on their front porch of their residence, their home, had seen something uh, like Brian and you, Terry, just described. They said also as well that they, that they didn't hear anything, any type of mechanical movement from the craft. Uh, I've even heard of witnesses who have actually claimed that the, the lights of the, the craft, if you will, for lack of a better term, seemed to break off into five different lights or balls of energy or light and then came back together as it passed overhead again they couldn't hear anything and in a separate incident on the same day or the day after another sighting same area uh, but this time the the witness who came forth um, uh, claimed that they saw this craft and then it was pursued um, by black helicopters what, what what do you make of that what do you think of there's been cases all, all across the country where somebody will see a UFO, some kind of a strange craft, and it will be followed by black helicopters or by Army, you know, by Navy or, excuse me, Air Force jets. So, you know, does our government know about these, you know, if they could possibly be extraterrestrial? Are they following them or are they just some of them just secret government craft? And they're monitoring them in case the craft, what happened to crash or something like that. So it, it's up in the air what, what they are. So you're theorizing it, it could be maybe even our own. It could like even a, be the, our own, yeah. Top secret uh, mm -hmm. type of uh, vehicle that we don't know of. That, that's great stuff. That, that truly is. Um, let me ask you this, just, just, for, uh, just for fun. I'm going to throw a ball out there to you. Uh, Terry, if you could be a, a UFO, a ghost, or a monster, a cryptozoological monster like Bigfoot, which one? I'll give you two minutes and why. <laughs> if I could be. If you could be one of them. I'd like to throw a curve at you. <laughs> I have no idea. I don't know Sorry. if I'd want to be a monster, though. Okay. How about you, Brian? I'll, I'll take Bigfoot because he just kind of like kind of watches you from a distance. He kind of doesn't mess with you too much. I'll, be, I'll take the Bigfoot. You'll take the Bigfoot. <laughs> yeah. Well, Go ahead, take it away. Tell us a little bit about that. As far as like on the on the Bigfoot, uh, Pennsylvania probably ranks five or six in the in the country as far as actual number of Bigfoot sightings. I mean, you wouldn't really think that unless you're like into the field and you you know that you know there's been a long history of uh, of some of the researchers like uh, you know Dr. Paul Johnson who actually is kind of like our mentor. He's a uh, a chemistry professor from Duquesne. He's kind of like our mentor. We we actually call him Uncle Paul. He's he's done a lot for our group. Uh, they, they've been sighted all, especially in a, in a place called the Chestnut Ridge, which is a, a mountain range that runs from Westmoreland County down into West Virginia. A majority of the sightings happen there. Uh, Westmoreland, uh, Fayette County is, a, is one of the hottest places right now. Uh, Beaver County, we've had more than our share here also. So it's always been kind of my favorite is we've, uh, we've been pretty much all across the state with uh, uh, PA Bigfoot Society and our, our own group, uh, CCS, investigating uh, some of these cases. Why do you think there are so many sightings and 
within this region. People think of Pennsylvania, they think of uh, uh, Philadelphia or Harrisburg. There's only, what, four or five major cities in Pennsylvania, and then there's a lot of woods. Pennsylvania is heavily wooded, and, and a lot of mountains in Pennsylvania where people don't go. Uh, that's kind of why one of the reasons I think it, it may exist. You're saying some of the remote, more remote places some of the, remote, the mountains yeah. and things. You yeah. know. What, what do you feel that that is? I know it, when you come to cryptozoology, and for the listeners at home, obviously cryptozoology being the study of uh, creatures that are yet to be discovered or unknown or don't fit a certain classification. Uh, what are your feelings? What, what is your uh, take on that? Well, as, as far as like on, you know, a Bigfoot, there's different theories on what these creatures could be. I mean, are they, are they a flesh, are these creatures flesh and blood like a bear? Or do they exhibit, uh, some people call it, inter, you know, can they travel interdimensionally? Are they quantum? Uh, you know, are they from outer space? Because there are a decent amount of Bigfoot sightings with UFO sightings. What would you say the percentiles on that are? As far as like with the UFO sightings, it, it, is, it is still fairly low as opposed to just the amount of seeing a Bigfoot run across the street or something like that. Uh, probably maybe only five or ten percent, but there's still enough that, that you, they have to be looked into, and I don't think they could be dismissed. It, as far as our groups, what we do is we're out there looking for a, a, a physical animal, evidence of a physical animal. We're looking for uh, footprints, hair samples, you know, things like that. But uh, are we sure that it's a hundred percent a real animal? We don't know. I'll be honest with you. We're we're on the on the fence about it. We take all reports seriously. We have no agenda. Uh, you know, we don't care what these creatures are we just we're just trying to find evidence for them when you and terry in the in the group go on an investigation what 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 does that entail tell our explain to our listeners a little bit of of what happens in an investigation well what we like to do you know if if at all possible we like to get the reports as early as we can uh and we like to get out to on site again if we can a lot of them are later you know we get them much later but we still like to follow up with eyewitnesses they they we we give them an extensive uh uh, reporting form with over 40 questions. Uh, we like them to take us to the site. We like to take pictures. We like to talk to them in person whenever we can. Uh, you can tell by body language and if they're willing to meet you, if, if whether we think that these creatures are real or not. And we're always looking for, obviously, the, you know, the, the hair and the footprints and things like that. Sure, the physical evidence mm-hmm. somehow to, to justify that, that there's something there. Now, um, have you also worked with, like, the foot casts and everything and... Have you have you any of those in the collection that you? Have? Well, we have uh, we have some casts that other researchers have taken. Okay, I think it was two thousand and two up in the Chestnut Ridge. We we found uh, I think it was a, a we found two prints, one big and one small, and another gentleman there casted them. Uh, it was up on a logging road, been really cold, and these these prints were actually on the side of the road. We missed them walking up. Okay, when we walked back, this was in November. This is in November. So there were leaves November. on the. Ground. And uh, we actually found like the one big print and then the one smaller print. So what they were, we, we, we don't know what they were. It was just, you know, if, if there was somebody walking there without shoes, then it, they were, it was pr- pretty cold. Right. So, but it, it, it was just kind of weird the way. And you do know, you recall how, how big were the print uh, of the footprint? I'm trying to. They weren't overly. No, maybe one, one was 11 and the other one was about six. So one was really huge and the other one was small. So, but that's the only time we've ever actually been able to cast something that, that, an unknown, we call them unknowns. Tell us a little bit about um, the Shenango dog boy or dog man. 
that, that's kind of uh, of an inter- interesting phenomenon that we actually lived up in Grove City, which is in Mercer County, and we knew nothing. We knew nothing about it. The researcher named Linda Godfrey. She had a book, Hunting the American Werewolf, and it talked about the Shenango Valley Dogman. So we were up at a conference up there. Uh, a group sponsored a conference, and we had a, a flyer that says, "Hey, we're looking for sightings of the Shenango Valley Werewolf," and we actually got one from a lady who claimed she saw what she called a, the dog boy. So we ended up meeting with her, and we ended up uh, going up there on investigation, our group. And just, just to kind of make a long story short, we ended up, uh, Monsters and Mysteries picked it up, and they showed it, and they kind of misrepresented it, misrepresented it a little bit. We actually think that that particular case was a boy who had hypertrichosis, which is called werewolf syndrome. And we think he was kind of deformed because it, the, the creature had, uh, like, Cloven well, she hands. said the one arm was deformed. One arm was deformed, and it, it did. It ran. It howled like a howled like a wolf, and it ran on all fours, and it grabbed the grabbed the. She was, was a girl then. Now this is not to be confused with something I heard, like like canthropy or anything. You're saying this is more of a, a skin or a skin, hair condition, yeah, hair is condition, that right for that, our yeah, ab- abnormal hair growth, and you kind of do look like what a werewolf would look like. Uh, as far as the Shenango Valley werewolf, we got we we also received some sightings around in, in the mid '90s of a creature that looked like a full-blown, I hate to say it, but looked like a full-blown werewolf. It was about six and a half foot tall, yellow glowing eyes. It was uh, several witnesses saw it standing by a pole, which was what, about seven foot tall. Again, these things shouldn't exist. I can't explain them to people. People are seeing these things. They're seeing them in Ohio. They're seeing them in Wisconsin. I, I can't explain what these are. I mean, are these up? I don't believe a person changes into one of these things. I don't believe that they're so-called werewolf. Not, they're we like call the them dogmen, actually. Right, but dog men. it's another thing that I can't quite categorize. How about you, Terry? What's your take on it? I have no idea what it could be, but it's it's being seen by people. So something's out there. We just don't know what it is. I, I know some of the folks, they get, you mentioned a form. Uh, that they can send in to you as well if if they see a sighting. Terry, do you have that information you could give to us? How would they reach you? Yeah, they can reach us. Um, we have a couple Facebook pages for Center for Unexplained Events and Center for Cryptozoological Studies. And they can email us at our group's email is Center for Unexplained Events at gmail.com and Center for Crypto Studies at gmail.com. And if they let us know that they have a sighting, uh, we can send them out a reporting form that they can fill out. And that, that's kind of the, one of the reasons that we do, you know, if we're asked on the show, we're there to, to we, we want to get the reports. We want to go on the uh, uh, investigations. We want to try to get this out to the public. So if not us, other research groups can research it. Uh, we do believe even here in our county, we believe there's a lot of things going unreported. But uh, we're really trying to get the people, uh, you know, to talk about their sightings. We actually have monthly meetings also for our Q group. And those are what? the second Wednesday, but it's every other month this year um, at the King's Restaurants in Manaka, PA. Now, can anyone come to a meeting? Or oh, yes, yeah, they're they open to, to the public. And we talk about everything. We even have guest speakers. Uh, we usually get 20, 25 people, so, you know, to come to them. And they're really interesting. And, you know, we have fun doing them. And, you know, we encourage people to come out to them and, or contact us with their sightings. Well, I'll tell you, you guys have been just grand, and this has been a very interesting show between uh, the information you gave us between the werewolves and the Shenango dog. I'd like to invite you back again, maybe some point in the future, we can go a little little bit further, a little bit deeper into some of these mysteries and some of these creatures. Again, thank you, Ryan Terry Seach, for coming today, and we hope to be talking to you very soon. Thank you. Great. Yeah, thanks for having us. We enjoyed it. 
If you like what you've heard, be sure to like, rate, and review the show on your favorite podcast app. You are listening to a production of The Social Voice Project. This is Kevin Farkas here again. You've just heard a podcast produced by The Social Voice Project. We specialize in podcasting and other creative media partnerships with community-oriented organizations and individuals. We are dedicated to promoting a wide range of nonprofits, community and cultural projects, public history initiatives, the performing arts, and tourism. To learn more about us, visit thesocialvoiceproject.org. We don't want to hear ourselves again. (laughs) This concludes our broadcast.